Welcome to the MyHopeRadio.com podcast. My name is Tiffany Countaway, the producer of MyHopeRadio.com, and I am your host. This podcast is an exploration of apostolic music from many different viewpoints. We interview our apostolic artists, musicians, and we will explore beyond those individuals and hear from writers, teachers, and speakers. Today, we are speaking with Scott Graham, the General Secretary-Treasurer of the United Pentecostal Church International. Thank you for your time today, Brother Graham. Well, thank you. I'm delighted to join you. We have a unique discussion today because Brother Graham has held many offices in the UPCI, pastored, and of course is a widely sought after and known preacher. But he was first a musician. So let's begin here. Brother Graham, when did you realize you wanted to learn music or had an interest in music? Well, that's kind of funny. I don't... My mom... Um, first understood that I was going to have an interest in music. <laughs> oh, interesting. <laughs> she insisted. Uh, <laughs> mom, mom had a rule that all three of us would take piano lessons. And so I, I would love to say that I had this profound interest in music and I just begged and pleaded to take piano lessons. That was not the case. Uh, mom insisted. She started us on piano lessons. I was in second grade. I don't know about my sisters, but I uh, started in second grade. Uh, she, <laughs> she still has this little yellow kitchen timer like you set it to boil an egg or whatever that was our piano timer every day i had to sit at the piano bench practice my lesson and she would set that timer for 30 minutes i hated <laughs> that thing because i want to be outside playing you know absolutely and, and, uh, and i had to practice till that till that thing went off so this was a day that i took piano lessons um from second grade uh, through probably about my sophomore junior year in high school every week uh, and then my sister came back from Bible school, uh, taught me some rudiments of uh, playing by ear, and then further uh, piano lessons during um, during Bible school days. You know, I played for the choir and so forth. Uh, little known trivia fact that you would know the answer to. Uh, the other instrument that I uh, had in my in my background was a trombone. Band starting in fourth grade and all the way through high school, I played trombone and what we lovingly referred to as the Grayville Community High School Meandering Band. We didn't march. <laughs> we just meandered. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, That's the great. meandering band. So I played trombone. But so music, uh, family was a little musical, um, but mom just insisted that it was going to be part of our childhood. And I, I, of course, I laugh about hating that egg timer, mm-hmm. but I'm really glad she did that. Oh, yeah. So at what point or how did music then transfer to ministry-based and not just that my mom's making me now, this is part of my ministry? Yeah. I never really played much uh, like during teen years or growing up years as for a church. You know, it was all the, the classical uh, lessons that we took. Uh, in Bible school is probably where that started as I began to play for some for the choir and for, for outings and so forth for the college. Um and then, you know, out in ministry, when I started working in local churches, youth pastor and so forth, I, I got to thinking about that. I didn't do a whole lot of that, like in my first ministry assignment. I didn't play a whole lot. Uh, that first place we were for four years in Dupo, Illinois, I wasn't. I led worship a lot. But as far as playing, I didn't. Again, I was in the pulpit leading the worship set a lot of times. Um, the second ministry stop we had, I played a lot. Uh, I kind of was the principal pianist for the piano during that time. Uh, and then when we evangelized, that's probably where it really kind of took on its own life. When we traveled, we'd sing a lot back in the day, the two of us, and I'd play for that. So that's where music really kind of began to weave itself a little more actively into uh, into our ministry efforts. My wife's very, very musically gifted and sings beautifully and has for years. Our whole family is very musically talented. So 
uh, that uh, you know we made beautiful music together. You yes, know, of absolutely. Yes. Um, so, tell us the significance of apostolic music. I know you mentioned that you you know played the classicals, but obviously as you went on in ministry, um, apostolic music became what you ministered in. So, what is the significance of that to you? It's very special to me. I, I don't play a lot anymore. The opportunities just don't present themselves too much. My skills have certainly deteriorated from lack of use, but probably the most personal, special thing to me now is that in many moments, either in my personal devotion time, if I'm in a setting, I can do it. Uh, I love to sit down at a piano and just make that part of my very personal time with God. It becomes very special to me. Um, this past summer, uh, my sister passed away. We were at the hospital. She had just passed. And, uh, down in the lobby, I see this piano, and it says, feel free to sit down and play me. And I just got lost for a little while just playing some things to kind of wash healing over my soul. Mm-hmm. I don't do a lot of public playing or music ministry at this juncture of life, but it's a very special part of my, my walk with God in just very personal times. Um, but the music is powerful even when it's not spirit-driven. Music has profound influence on us. It touches the, 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 the mind, it touches the will, it touches emotions, it touches our body. It's, it's an extremely powerful thing. So when you can couple what is inherently, uh, what just inherently resonates with the human person with a supernatural anointing with it, it it's, it's a profoundly powerful, and like anything that is powerful, that can be for good or for bad, depending on how it's used. So the the uniqueness of apostolic music is that special touch we have because of the baptism of the Holy Ghost that just, in my mind, kind of super energizes what is already profoundly powerful in its very essence. You have been preaching for 41 years. Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) All over the world. Share with us the importance of the role of apostolic music leading into you stepping behind that pulpit to minister and then once you have given an altar call that importance of that music to kind of just tie it all together yeah i've told the folks who are serving either on the praise team or on the music team or whatever in various places i've been you may not be able to make this service but you can you can sure break it creating that climate of to me in some regards Obviously, we sing and we worship for the Lord. It's not about us uh, in that, like you talk about the worship time in in the first part of the service. That's for him, not for us. But the residual benefit for us, to me, it's almost like an anesthesia. Not that that we lose our mind, but that it it prepares us for surgery. It, it, It prepares us so the Word of God, which is sharp, can cut and carve and work on us in a manner that we can withstand what can be the painful nature of that at times. So setting that climate of faith and worship and getting our, getting our minds off all the clutter of the day and the clutter of the week upcoming and focusing on him just readies our hearts in a very profound way for the word of God. And then coming out of it again, you may not be able to make the sermon, but boy, you can sure unravel what happened if you're not prepared. If it's, you know, you've, the man has worked for 30, 45 minutes, an hour, whatever, to to bring the congregation to a point of decision, to bring them to a point of action. And he's got them in the altar and their emotions are engaged and their and their hearts are engaged. And then the music team fumbles around in the wrong key and don't know what we're singing. And we're just, it 
can destroy that moment that you've because not not because the word of God is powerful, but people get distracted. Oh, absolutely. And so being prepared, being ready, being spiritually attuned. And I've been in that spot. It's a it's a very challenging thing to sit there during a sermon and concentrate on what he's preaching, focus on how that affects me personally. At the same time, be thinking, now what are we going to sing here in about 20 minutes? That's a challenge. So I like to try to give the team a heads up. I won't pick the song for them, but at least here's the tone. Here's what I think we're going to be doing. Here's where I think the feel will be so that they can prepare some of that ahead of time. Man, it's so key. It's so important. Now, there are times I will readily say there's times I don't even want any music at the end. Just let's let's stretch ourselves a little bit and just can we pray without music? Can we do we have to have that? It, beca- it can become a crutch to us. That music can right. become a crutch. And so there's times I tell the musician, hey, you go pray too. Let's, uh, let's just not have anything. But in general, it's, it's very key because it, it just it brings us to a point of being ready for the Word of God. And then it, sets, it helps create an atmosphere in which we're comfortable kneeling, expressing, praying, saying things that need to be said between us and God. We don't want the person kneeling next to us to hear. Music provides a little cover for that. That music team is our key partners for that man that's preaching. They really are. You're creating an atmosphere in which faith can be activated for the miraculous. Uh, you're, you're, the, the musicians, the singers are key to, in part, just by their preparation, by just being ready to go, by knowing what we're going to do and jumping into it with a, the, the greatest degree of professionalism we can so, it, so that it, it's seamless. I, you want it to just be seamless. I, I've long said what I would love is for, for the people out there to suddenly realize, hey, there's music playing that come from that's good you know yeah. it just it's just part of it it just leads to this moment now there's a limit how far you can take that but yeah if, if it's just it's just it's a continuation of ministry yes he has preached and the word of god has ministered and now there's just a continuation of that ministry that facilitates my as a respondent praying into effect what he's preached, making commitments I need to make, letting God affect change in my life. And the background, the tone, the worship that's being engaged in provides the, I don't know, it, it, the word of God is the seed. It's almost like the rain yeah, that's falls good. on it to help that seed activate. Can it sprout without that? Maybe, but sure does better. It's got a little more It sugar. does. Yeah. Well, I have three questions that I could probably just lump together but I wanted to ask them each individually because I feel like there's a, a special response or in this part of ministry. So to the apostolic songwriter listening to this podcast, what would you say to them today? Please don't be embarrassed to be distinctly apostolic in what you write. We can have, I mean, there's a lot of great worship people out there that aren't us, and I'm not I'm not opposed to using their songs. I've been blessed in a lot of worship services by songs that weren't written by one of us. But they're not going to write for us. Right. I am not waiting on, and I won't name anybody particular. I'm not waiting on one of those guys to write a song that lauds the oneness of God. It's not going to come from them. If it's right. going to come from it, if we're going to have a 2024 equivalent of it's all in him or <laughs> down from his glory, we probably can't wait on somebody outside our ranks to write that. Right. So please don't be intimidated. Now, I recognize you write a song that, that, that espouses and lauds Jesus' name baptism. You are surrendering any hopes of that, probably making it worldwide on the greater Christian music circuit. I get that. So what? If that was your quest in the first place, 
we have another discussion to be had. I've never written, so to speak, a sermon with concerns about whether or not it would get play over some religious broadcasting network. That wasn't my goal. So I would just plead with you. Every song is not going to talk about the oneness of God. Every song is not going to talk about speaking in tongues. I totally get that. But every now and then, please don't be embarrassed to be us. Write something that you know will bless the apostolic church and reaffirm our doctrines without concerns about how marketable it's going to be elsewhere. We may not make you rich off of it. You're going to make the church rich. Please Please be us. I love that. So to the apostolic musician listening to this podcast, what would you say to them today? We have such talented people. We do. I, I marvel at it. And, and we have profoundly talented people, and I thank God for it. And, and I can't touch what most of our keyboardists can do. It's been, even at my best, I didn't have that. But let's be real candid. There are talented musicians outside the church. You need only go to a concert hall. And, and hear the local symphony and listen to what their piano player can do. We're their talented people. I thank God for our talent. Thank God we've not been stripped of that. But talent is cheap. Anointing costs. Mm, and my so plea good. to you would be to make whatever sacrifices are necessary to have that anointing be saturated in oil. And that's not easy. Costs and in fact, I would even I would even offer to you that it's it's worthy it's worth remembering that God is not obligated to chase us down to anoint us just because we're busy. I, I've been struck before by the fact that Samuel shows up at Jesse's house to anoint the boy, one of the boys, and it's it's not you know it's not this one, it's not that one, it's not that one, and everyone he says, oh, it's got to be this one. No, it's not that one. And he goes through and finally gets done. He says, is, is there another one someplace? I know I was supposed to do this. Yeah, there's, there's the kid out on the backside of the hill, David, he's watching sheep. What I marvel at is that best I can figure, Samuel had journeyed some 20 miles to get there, but he won't walk the next 500 yards. <laughs> he says, okay, go get him. I've journeyed all this way, but I am not going to go chase him down just because he's busy. If he wants anointing, he will come spend time in his father's house. And so... I would merely say to you, we're all busy, and I know many times I've done it. I've played, I, I've played the piano at a camp meeting before, and you're there from the first service to the last service, before the first service until the altar service is done. You put in a lot of time. Musicians can be profoundly busy, and so many times you're, you're, you know, you're not employed by the church. You're working a job. You're getting there early. Don't fall prey to the idea that God is obligated to chase you down and pour oil on you just because you're busy. In fact, sometimes you got to say, you know what? I need to take this service off. Pastor, I really need, Mm, let's let the second string play because God's not going to chase me down to pour oil on me just because I'm busy. I sometimes have to come back to dad's house and get on my knees and say this. So please be saturated. Um, I would rather you sacrifice a practice to find the prayer room because nothing substitutes for oil. To that apostolic singer, artist, worship leader, uh, listening today, what would you say to them? Uh, I, at now 59 years old, man, that used to sound old. It doesn't sound (laughs) as old as it used to. I've lived long enough to see many a person um, whose talent has taken them to places their integrity couldn't keep them. And so I would merely offer that Please don't ever let the allure of lights or money or whatever pull you away from your roots in truth. Um, 
we may have had some failures in time past of adequately affirming uh, our, our artists and songwriters and singers and the guy that stands up and sings. Maybe we did not do a good enough job of validating that as a, as a worthy ministry in and of itself. I think we've come a long way in that regard. And so the, the excuse of, well, I was attracted because, you know, these people recognize my gift or these, that group recognized my talent. I think, I think we've come a long way in that regard, but there is still that, that hook out there of, you could be famous, you could be wealthy, you could be, I don't deny that maybe some of those things are true for certain uber talented people. But I would just plead that you not let your talent take you to places your integrity can't keep you. Um, be uniquely apostolic. When you're on the stage, when you're in the airport, when you're in the hotel, when oh, you're yes. traveling, when you're somewhere, you've become, for, for many of you, on whatever scale, micro scale, macro scale, whether it's at your local church or it's in some kind of larger platform that maybe you have among us there are young men and young ladies and young musicians that idolize you and, and it takes one moment of you being careless about your attitude or your speech or your appearance or to really damage what you've spent a lifetime building up walk the bible phrase as you walk circumspectly so guard yourself let your integrity keep you and this is unrelated to that topic but the other thing i would offer those who are up front lead us in worship don't drive us in worship oh, that's good and you will lead us in worship most effectively if we see you leading us in worship when you are not on the stage just as you are when you are in the pulpit when the light shines on you or when you're sitting on the third pew and somebody else is up there your sacrifice of being a worshiper at those times greatly influences your ability to lead us you can't drive us to worship you can lead us you can pattern it but you can't just pattern it when it's your turn. So lead us by your example, by your lifestyle, and guard those things very carefully. Um, your talent is good, but your integrity is more important. Thank you for joining us today. Again, we thank our General Secretary Treasurer Scott Graham for his time today, and we pray you have a wonderful day and stay hopeful. We hope you've enjoyed this podcast. For more information on My Hope Radio, please visit our website, myhoperadio.com.